of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. I greet you all, brothers and sisters, today on this beautiful Sunday. Um, this is the second Sunday of the holy and joyful 50 days. And as we heard, the gospel reading came from the gospel according to St. John, uh, chapter 6, verses 35 through 45. And we heard our Lord openly declare in today's gospel, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And I would like to meditate with you this morning on this beautiful passage in only three points. Firstly, when our Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the bread of life, he reveals to each and every one of us that indeed he is the Son of God. Our Lord's words, I am the bread of life, is one of the many I am statements in the gospel. And we find these especially in the gospel account of St. John. There are many times when our Lord says, I am something. Uh, he says, I am the bread of life today. Uh, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, etc. And the beautiful thing about all of these I am statements is that they show us that he is God. Because the phrase I am, if you remember from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, the phrase I am is actually one of the names of God in the Old Testament. In Hebrew, this name is Yahweh or Yehovah or Jehovah, uh, depending on where you put the vowels. But it literally means, I am what I am, or I am who I will be. So in the Septuagint, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Greek rendering of this phrase, I am, is ego eni, ego eni. So when our Lord says any of the I am statements in the gospel, he is using the same Greek words, ego eni. And so if you read it in Greek, you understand that our Lord is using these words to identify to all of us that he is the same God who revealed to himself to humanity in the Old Testament. And this shows us that he is the savior of the world because he uses the name of God for himself. And for us, the lesson is very clear that our Lord Jesus Christ is the son of God the second person of the Holy Trinity, who condescended to our level and came into the world to save us. If I were to ask any of you whether you believe in the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, you would undoubtedly say yes. But oftentimes, our manner of thinking about the Lord's divinity is distorted, and it's altered by some of the teachings in the world around us. For example, there are many people who believe that although our Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he is somehow lower in his divinity or his dignity than the Father or the Holy Spirit. Some people believe that our Lord was not divine at all, but rather he was simply a great teacher who came and died. Whenever you see any television program or book focusing on what they call the historical Jesus, this is essentially their teaching, that he was a great teacher, that he was a great man, 
uh, but he is not co-equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit in his divinity. They focus instead on Christ as a teacher, as a philosopher, as an historical figure, but they don't focus on him as the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. But of course, we should be careful uh, to make sure that these ideas are not either consciously or subconsciously seeping into our hearts. When our Lord says, I am the bread of life, he uses the name of God and therefore he teaches us that he is God. We can use this fact to remind us who our Lord is. We can also use the most succinct declaration of our faith, which is the creed, to help us remember our Lord's divinity. For we say about him in the creed that he is God of God, true God of true God, right? Light of light. So if you think about light, if I light this candle and then I transfer the light to this candle, the light in this candle is not lesser than the light in this candle. So if the light here is the Father and we say that our Lord is light of light, then it means that he is co-equal in his divinity with the Father. So this is the first point. This is the lesson that we learn from all of the I am statements in the gospel and even today when our Lord says, I am the bread of life. Secondly, now that we better understand who our Lord Jesus Christ is, we begin to understand what he meant when he declared, I am the bread of life. You'll notice that in all of the I am statements, our Lord essentially tells us that he is what he gives. He is what he gives. Today, he did not tell us, I will give you the bread of life, but instead, I am the bread of life. In the gospel, he did not tell us, I will show you the way, but he said, I am the way. He did not promise that he would send us light, but he said, I am the light. And all of these statements remind us of how central our Lord Jesus Christ is to our lives and how important it is that we have a strong relationship and are united with him. He is everything he gives. He is everything we need. He is everything to us, and without him, we have nothing, and we are nothing. And this is one of the reasons he taught us in the Lord's Prayer to ask for our daily bread. We've all repeated those words many times, give us this day our daily bread. We've said them perhaps thousands of times in our lives as Christians, and we're quite familiar with the phrase. But I want to explore the deeper meaning of this phrase with you now. The phrase, give us this day our daily bread, of course is an acknowledgement of our utter and total dependence on God for everything. In fact, if you read the Greek original of the Lord's Prayer, you'll discover that our Lord did not actually say, give us today our daily bread. Uh, we're not simply asking God for material food uh, to eat every day. Uh, if our Lord had intended that meeting, he would have used a different Greek phrase in the prayer. He would have, said, he he would have used the word katimeron, which is daily, you know, food for the day. But that's not the word our Lord used in the Lord's Prayer. But instead, he used a very specific and a unique Greek word that he basically coined for the first time 
Uh, and after that, no one has ever used this word. So our Lord, in a sense, really invented a new word uh, to speak about the daily bread that he gives us. And this word in Greek is epiousios. Now, I don't want to make this homily uh, a lesson in biblical Greek. I'm not a linguistic scholar by any means. But I want to pay attention to this word epiousios because it was never used in the Greek language until our Lord used it to tell us to ask for our daily bread. And as I mentioned, it's practically never been used ever since. Today, of course, with the benefit of databases and computers um, indexing thousands of Greek manuscripts, scholars are, are, are confident that this word practically does not exist in any other ancient Greek text manuscript or inscription, and even the early church writers such as Origen of Alexandria, who was a linguistic scholar, a scholar in, in every right, he also noticed this fact. He noticed that our Lord uses a very unique word. The word epiousios is made up of the prefix epi, which means above, uh, and usia, which is the form of the verb to be, or being, or essence. And many biblical scholars today translate it as meaning above being or super essential. And so if we put all of this together, this means that our Lord taught us to pray not for ordinary bread, but for super essential bread. If our Lord meant for us to simply pray for essential bread, i.e. the bread that physically nourishes us day after day, he would have used a different word for essential, but the reality is that he taught us in this prayer to pray for a special bread that nourishes us in a manner beyond physical nourishment. And this is clear in the gospel when our Lord said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So the manna, which our Lord mentioned, as you will remember from the Old Testament, was the daily bread that the Lord sent to his people as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And in this passage that I just read, our Lord specifically disassociates the manna from the bread of life. He says they're two different things. Your forefathers, he said, ate the manna and are dead. They died and they are dead at the time our Lord says this because it was before the resurrection. But then our Lord says that he who eats my bread, the bread of life, shall live forever. He who eats the super essential bread shall live forever. And our Lord then identifies this bread as being nothing other than his own flesh, himself. So important is this fact that our Lord repeats it in today's gospel emphatically four times. He, he said many times in today's gospel, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So therefore, even though it can be said that we do, of course, pray for our daily bread, 
in the Lord's Prayer, it has a deeper meaning. It means much more than this. We are praying for the super essential bread. We are praying to participate in the body of Christ. It is for this reason that our Lord Jesus Christ used an absolutely unique word in the history of human language to describe an absolutely unique bread in the history of humanity. It's not like the bread that has been baked for many generations that has nourished countless people. No, this is the bread of life which nourishes us unto eternal life and union with Him. Third and finally, brothers and sisters, leading up to this last point, this teaches us about the importance of the Eucharist in our lives. From the very beginning, the Church embraced the liturgy and the mystery of the Eucharist as a way to know Christ, to partake of this super-essential bread of life, and to be united with Him. If we were to read the first few chapters of the book of Acts, we will see how the holy apostles dedicated themselves to the ministry of the Word, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread as they spread the faith throughout the world. The breaking of the bread was part of their routine. And when we read in the book of Acts that they broke bread, this, of course, is a reference to the Eucharist. They celebrated the Eucharist after the Lord's ascension, and they continued in the early church as the faith spread throughout the world. And perhaps the clearest example of the necessity of this super-essential bread of life, the Eucharist, for us in knowing Christ and being united with Him is the encounter between the risen Lord and the disciples on their way to the village of Emmaus in Luke 24. As these two disciples, whom tradition calls Luke and Cleopas, as they were traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus after the crucifixion of our Savior, after uh, our Lord's resurrection, the risen Lord appeared to them, and he explained to them how all of the prophecies of the Old Testament applied to him. And although their hearts burned within them, these disciples did not recognize the Lord Christ. They understood the scripture, they understood the words that our Lord was telling them, but the one who was teaching them remained hidden. They didn't know him. And as they entered into the village of Emmaus, they invited our Lord Jesus Christ to preside over the evening meal with them. And our Lord then performed the same actions that he did when he blessed the five loaves and the two fish, and also the same actions as he manifested at the Lord's Supper. What are these actions? He took bread, he blessed, he broke, he gave. The same Eucharistic verbs from the feeding of the multitude and from the Lord's Supper, our Lord did with these disciples on the road to Emmaus. And once the Lord did this, once they partook of the Eucharist with the Lord, their eyes were opened, and they recognized Him as the risen Christ. And once they recognized Him, He vanished from their sight completely. And this event from the Gospel reveals to us how important the divine liturgy and the mystery of the Eucharist are in our relationship with Christ. Our Lord appeared to the two disciples as they were traveling. He taught them the meaning of Scripture. 
he especially showed them how he fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies. But despite this teaching, they couldn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. It was only when our Lord celebrated the liturgy when he broke bread that the eyes of these disciples were opened. And so the message for us hopefully is clear. It is the liturgy. It is the Eucharist that helps us to know Christ and have a deep and sincere relationship with him. Why do I emphasize this? Well, again, we are surrounded, you know, in a cultural milieu uh, where there are many Christians and groups who believe that the only important thing in the Christian faith is just reading your Bible. That's it. As long as you read your Bible and you are a moral person, then you are saved. But this story in Luke 24 uh, goes completely against that notion. The story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus shows us the error of this view because these two disciples, if you think about it, they received the greatest Bible study the world has ever seen. Imagine a Bible study given by our Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's what they received. It was the greatest Bible study. Nonetheless, it was not enough for them to have that union with Christ and to recognize him for he, who he is. It was only when our Lord celebrated the liturgy and gave them the super essential bread of the Eucharist that their eyes were opened. And this teaches us, hopefully, how important the liturgy and the Eucharist are. These are not empty ceremonies or rituals that we pray continually in the church, but instead they are the ways in which God sends his divine grace and reveals himself to us and allows us to be united with him. That is what the liturgy is. And as I mentioned to you before, it really is the worst uh, uh, business deal in the history uh, of humanity because if you think about it, what we offer for the liturgy is so small. It is infinitesimal compared to what our Lord gives us back. What do we offer God in the liturgy? Well, we offer bread and wine, the value of which is maybe a few dollars. We offer, of course, our time that we come to church and we stand before him for a couple of hours, fine. But we work longer than that. We watch TV shows and movies longer than that. So that's not a huge sacrifice. That's what we offer. We offer, of course, our prayer, and we stand before him. That's what we offer. What does he offer us back? The super essential bread of life unto eternal life, forgiveness of sins. This is what he offers us back. So if you think about every liturgy, we are offering so little and he's giving us everything in return. He's giving us his own life and union with him in return. How amazing is that? And if you think about it in that way, then every time the church declares, we have liturgy on so-and-so day, your heart will be on fire and you will say, I have to go. If I'm able to go, I will go. As St. Pope Carlos said, if you have Orban and we have deacons, what excuse do you have for not praying liturgy? Go, because our Lord offers us his very life in every single liturgy. And so, brothers and sisters, today, we remember that our Lord Jesus Christ is the bread of life. We remember that when he said he is the bread of life, he used the very name of God, Ego Emi, I am, Yahweh, to identify himself as such, 
And this teaches us about his divinity, his identity as the divine Son of God, co-equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. We remember that our Lord is what he gives. He is everything to us. Without him, we are nothing and we have nothing. Our Lord is what he gives. And we remember as well the importance of the Eucharist and the liturgy as this super essential bread that our Lord gives us and how it reveals to us our Lord's identity and how it allows us to be united with him. May our Lord Jesus Christ grant, him to see, grant us to see him as the Son of God, to understand he is everything to us and to help us be united with him through the super essential bread that we receive in the mystery of the Eucharist. And glory be to God forever. Amen.